Welcome, everybody. This is the Rotary Club of Silicon Valley. Every week, we bring you the stories of people who are making a difference in the lives of others around the world, locally, globally, and digitally. Today, we have got some history for you. And when we think about the history of Rotary and all of the work that's been done by the, the millions of Rotarians around the world who have, who have worked to, to make sure that all kinds of things happen in their communities, you really need to stop and say, you know, are there other are there other efforts that have had the kind of reach? And and one of the most impressive that I can point to is is the work of the National AIDS Memorial and the AIDS Memorial Quilt. With that, John Cunningham is is with us to tell us a little bit about that history and about the quilt. John, we are really excited to have you. I hand the mic over to you and welcome to the Rotary E Club of Silicon Valley. Thank you, Rotary Club of Silicon Valley for spotlighting this and inviting the National AIDS Memorial to be a part of this important conversation. As I said, I'm John Cunningham. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the National AIDS Memorial. I'm also a man that's been living with HIV and an AIDS diagnosis for over 25 years. I'd like to start off, if I may, by just let's take one moment and hold, uh, hold in our hearts uh, those that uh, are no longer with us that uh, were lost to this crisis, because as a memorial, that's what we do. Uh, we ensure that forever we will honor and remember those lives lost. So if we could just take one moment and perhaps hold in our hearts somebody uh, that perhaps we lost or we want to hold today. I've had the privilege of serving this organization for 15 years now. Uh, I've been doing HIV and AIDS work uh, in San Francisco, as well as when I had a, did a, had a business venture in New Hampshire uh, for well over 35 years. I can remember the darkest days of the AIDS crisis uh, when I lived in San Francisco, when uh, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what was going on. We just knew that there was a lot of death, uh, that individuals were getting sick and individuals were passing away. The, one of the hardest things for us in the early days of the AIDS crisis is that the stigma, the discrimination, the marginalization and the otherism uh, that ruled the day at that time, both with regards to individuals and society, but also with regards to a government that, that consciously made decisions to not respond as, as would have been appropriate, uh, was very, very hard. Many of us realized that we were on our own to figure it out and to, and to chart a course forward. Those of us that live in the Bay Area, I think we're, we're blessed in the fact that we have been engaged and actively involved in improving our, our, our communities and being actively engaged in bringing about sustainable change for the better for the citizens and our and our neighbors. The same held true uh, with the AIDS crisis, because in San Francisco, in the first decade of the AIDS crisis, there were well over 50 nonprofits that were created to meet those unmet needs. For those of you that know the prayer of St. Francis, I think it speaks to that. When we, when we looked at the struggle, uh, we were fighting not only uh, to get attention. Some of you remember uh, the entity known as ACT UP. And ACT UP was trying to get uh, the attention of the government and attention of society uh, to do something. One of my former board members used to say, we were waiting for the ambulance to arrive in the form of public support. It became clear it wasn't coming. So over the years, two organizations in the early years of the epidemic, the AIDS Memorial Quilt and the AIDS Memorial Grove and Golden Gate Park, were started within years of each other and within miles of each other. When the quilt was first started, it was started during a Memorial Day March, remembering the life of both uh, Mayor Moscone in San Francisco, as well as Harvey Milk. And Cleve Jones, who has been an activist for a very long time and was Harvey Milk's right arm, when that march went down Market Street to the Civic Center in San Francisco and to the federal building, 
There had been lives being lost that year to an unknown disease. And he had people write on placards the names of someone that they'd lost. He put them then on the side of the federal building. He stepped back and he looked and it was clear to him that was a quilt. And so that was what was born uh, and started that process back uh, 30, 36 years ago now. In the first four months of that initiation of creating the quilt, nearly 2,500 panels arrived in the small post, op post, post office in San Francisco. Those panels were coming from loved ones and mothers and friends and partners and lovers and aunts and uncles, remembering the lives lost. I'm flanked here by a couple of panels. E each of these blocks are 12 foot by 12 foot. I'm standing in the quilt uh, operations center where there are well over 50,000 of these panels. It's the largest community art project ever created on earth. Uh, if you look here, you'll be able to see the high rack storage with all of this amazingly beautiful quilt that was displayed. This is the largest community art project ever created. And in the first year of its creation, it was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. I feel that this project sits at the heart of, of the best of humanity, the best of citizenry, how citizens showed up to remember those lost and in that process also to continue to draw attention. As Cleve said, the quilt was never intended to be a memorial project. It was intended to be an activist tool. When the quilt first went to the mall in Washington, D.C., and it put its panels on that mall, it was intended to bring our dead and place them on the front lawn of America. That display ended up on the front page of most every major, major paper in this country, and it began to open hearts and minds if something needs to happen. I think it's also critical that we all realize and remember we're just coming out of another pandemic, which in many ways as well, the COVID crisis was stigmatized as well. There was misinformation about medical treatment and the like. And I think it's important that we all realize that a pandemic is a health crisis. It has nothing to do with one's personal choices in life or where they live or their ethnic makeup. Uh, and I think that that's, that's important to remember because I believe that had there been a greater response to the AIDS crisis in the early years, we wouldn't have lost nearly a million individuals and that we're still losing today. Meanwhile, in San Francisco, volunteers that were seeking a, sp a safe space as well to call their own created the AIDS Memorial Grove in Golden Gate Park. The AIDS Memorial Grove is a 10-acre space. It is a federally designated memorial, just like the other 44 memorials, like the Vietnam Memorial, the Emmett Till Memorial, the 9-11 the Memorial. And it is a powerful, powerful tribute to those that have lost. As I like to say, when it was created by volunteers in the early days of the AIDS crisis, when there was still lives being lost, as there are today, the healing happened on either side of the shovel. Because all of us know, as we go through life, we will have times of, of great joy, and we also have times of struggle. When we're going through times of struggle, oftentimes it's best to connect with another who has gone through a similar struggle. Well, that's what was happening there. In 1996, through an act of Congress written by then Representative Pelosi, now Speaker Emerita, and signed into law by President Clinton, the AIDS Memorial Grove was bestowed national stature. We were so honored to have on World AIDS Day 2017, former President Bill Clinton with us, who signed the law designating that as our memorial. And he ended up coming to World AIDS Day and speaking and telling, as he said, his story of the connection that he had to the AIDS crisis. Because I think it's also important to, to remember that we had two administrations that, that chose not to respond. So today, 
the National AIDS Memorial, which is made up of those two iconic cornerstone projects, the AIDS Memorial Grove in Golden Gate Park and the AIDS Memorial Quilt, continue to do the work of spotlighting the, health, the AIDS crisis in our country. Because there are so many positive lessons that come out of this, of how, how important it is to be involved and engaged in your community, to be, how important it is for young people to realize when you see injustice, stand up against it. When we see bullying, stand up against it. Where we see health crises, take action on those. Because that, at the end of the day, is what, what our responsibility to each other as citizens are. Today, the National AIDS Memorial has a, has a myriad of different programs that continue to meet our mission. The mission of the National AIDS Memorial is to share the story of the struggle against HIV and AIDS so that we may remember in perpetuity the lives lost, we offer healing and hope to survivors, and we inspire new generations of activists in the fight against stigma, denial, hate for a just future. Because our vision is that never again will a community be so harmed because of stigma, discrimination, marginalization, otherism, and racism. So the, the organization has got several different programs. We have the Community Volunteer Workday, which will be tomorrow, where we'll have 125 people with us that will be sharing time in the memorial, doing gardening, uh, spending time together, having a healing circle. We also have our annual World AIDS Day event, which takes place on December 1st and is preceded the night before by our the beautiful gala, Light in the Grove. We also spotlight the epidemic to ensure that those that are following us are able to engage actively in bringing about sustainable change. Some of you may remember the name Pedro Zamora that was in season two of The Real World. We have scholarship well over three quarters of a million dollars to young people doing social justice work, reproductive rights, health, health equity work on college campuses through the Pedro Zamora Scholarship Program. Additionally, the Mary Bowman Arts and Activism Program supports artists that bring, bring art to their communities and in the process bring about sustainable social change. Additionally, we have documented the oral history of the epidemic, chronicling communities that have gone through this process over the decades and their stories, because it is those stories that will continue to inspire individuals into the future. Again, I think it's important that as we look at San Francisco, San Francisco was the only major metropolitan city in this country during COVID that did not have its hospital system and healthcare network crushed during the COVID crisis. And that's because that's this city, San Francisco, understands the responsibility that we have to each other, that your health is connected to my health, that we did not have to resist wearing masks or we did not have to you know, push back against requests for us to protect each other. And I think that's a powerful thing for all of us to hold here in the Bay Area. As we look to the future, uh, we are committed to ensuring that never again will racism and, and stigma and hate uh, accelerate an epidemic such as this. So where are we today? The AIDS crisis continues to rise and cases continue to increase in Southern states, mainly Southern states that have chosen to forego Medicaid expansion. And the, those communities that are being most adversely impacted are communities of color. Over the last 18 months, this organization has taken the quilt across the South We've been in Jackson, Mississippi, Montgomery, Selma, Birmingham, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Memphis, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, Pensacola, taking the quilt into these communities for immersive programming in beautiful art galleries where we bring the communities together. Because what the quilt has the capability to do out of this beauty that you see behind me is to bring individuals that perhaps would not normally mix 
because quilting is quintessential Americana, but quilting is also quintessential Black and African-American. Many of you may not know, but, the, but quilting was used as a communications tool during the, uh, the Underground Railroad when slaves were going north. It was a, it, they would hang quilt on lines to tell them to stop and not proceed because it wasn't safe. It also goes all the way back to the weavers in Africa. If we're going to break the back of this epidemic, if we're going to bring an, a, an end to this AIDS crisis, it's going to happen in communities of color. So we have been so profoundly uh, moved by what we've been doing down there. I use three P words. It's been profound. It's been powerful. But I hate to say it's also been painful to see the level of racism that still exists in our nation. We must eradicate that disease, that epidemic, if we're going to solve these problems. We must open up the healthcare system to all so that all have the ability to take care of themselves and to live a, a, a life free of disease. As we look to the future from here, where does this organization see that we need to go? It's our responsibility that when the AIDS crisis is over, that this organization will forever live on to ensure that not only those that perish to the disease and are no longer with us, but those that survived so gallantly, those that stood up and fought, the medical and, 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 and scientific advancements, as well as all of the different uh, movements that intersected in the AIDS crisis. Because if you look at the movements that came through the AIDS crisis, it's women, it's the hemophilia community, those that use substances, economic disadvantage, those without healthcare, LGBTQ+, black and brown communities, all of those movements intersected. So we've been working for the last five plus years on a vision, and we are in the process of proceeding forward to execute on this vision to build a national center for health and social justice, that it's our vision as well, that it would also house the archives of Nancy Pelosi and her library. It is that type of a process and a center where this quilt will also live on in perpetuity, where young people could come and learn, where we can have an institute that, that trains people on how to create movements that are sustainable and bring about profound positive impact in the world in which they live. Because as, as Bob Haas, uh, who is a philanthropist and former uh, chairman of Levi Strauss used to say, as powerful as Twitter, or I guess we call it X today is, it's lazy activism. Activism requires us to, to meet with each other face-to-face, one-on-one. It doesn't replace getting out, of, getting out of the house and into the streets. So we, as an organization, are collaborating with so many across this country to ensure that not only is the AIDS crisis continued to be spotlighted, but how we can work to continue to improve and create movements that are too big to fail. Because in the AIDS crisis, we had to figure it out on our own. Social activism and social justice is not something new to this country. I mean, it goes all the way back to when we threw the tea off the boats in Boston Harbor with the tea, with the tea Party. It goes through suffrage. It goes through the civil rights movement. It goes through the LGBT. It goes all the way through this nation. We must continue to make a commitment that we will fight injustice. We will stand up for our citizens' rights. We will look after our neighbors because at the end of the day, as a citizen of this world, it's my responsibility to leave the community better, not to be apathetic and where there is injustice to look the other way. It's it, because that is what we need to show our children, our young people. Stand up where you see injustice. Stand up on that playground where you see bullying because that's what we have to share. That's what makes us feel good in the end. So again, I commend the Rotary Club of Silicon Valley for showcasing this, for spotlighting this, 
And I welcome any Rotary Club member from the Bay Area or otherwise, if you are in San Francisco in the Bay Area, please come visit the AIDS Memorial Grove in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco, or come to the, the, the Quilt Operations Center here by the Oakland Airport. Thank you again for spotlighting this and may you have a great day. Thanks for your support. A beautiful and powerful story, John. Thank you so very much. What I'd like to do is to uh, shift to questions. So uh, any of uh, the, the people who are with us, you have the opportunity to either put a question in the chat so that I can read it or to let me know in the chat that you have a question and you can be recognized and unmute and ask it. I'll start with this. John, one of the insights that has made the AIDS Memorial Quilt such a powerful piece of our own history, right, is, is the insight of, of powerfully telling the stories of individuals, Right. So, you know, as you know, just over either of your shoulders, there are all of these these people, these, these individual people who are represented. Can you tell some of their stories with with who we're seeing now? Yeah. So this particular panel was created in memoriam of Martha Michael Hunter. And you can see here there are little bells throughout uh, this block. And those bells, as the legend down here tells us, are where his ashes were spread around the world. Uh, so it tells a story. You can see it's got different uh, places that he's visited, different places that he's lived. And it indeed really tells that story. But when you look over here, one of the one of the most powerful panels is this one to, to Tony Saunders, which is a beautifully powerful quilt panel. The Tony is wrapped in a Ray AIDS red ribbon, because again, the, the, the red ribbon was really sort of started. The ribbon was really sort of started in the AIDS crisis. And again, it, it talks about, uh, you know, the individual that made this, I will miss your wit. I will miss your smile. I will miss your intellect. I'll miss your humor. I will miss, I will miss, I will miss you. And it brings it really to life. Up here, you can see you've got the Order of Orises of Mobile, Alabama, that they are remembering, remembering their community. You know, so you can really see how the quilt brings these lives to, to, to really brings them out. And you really get a feeling for the individual. There are some that have, for instance, baseball uh, baseball hats, maybe a Red Sox fan. You know, they will have things that they that they wore. It just really sort of speaks to the life. And that's what the powerful part of this is. When this is laid out on display, it is far too large to be displayed. It would cover the, the mall two times over probably at this point. But when you tour this and you look and you look below and you see, you know, it's really, really powerful in that way. We had a display last year on the 35th anniversary in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. And I was so moved that there was a family. It was a family that had four generations represented. And they came and they sat next to their loved one. It was the grandmother, the mother, the sisters, and the nephews and nieces that never met him. And they had a picnic next to the panel that was created nearly 25 years ago to their to their loved one. That is so powerful. You know, the there are comments in the chat from from Shags and and others about about the the people that they have lost okay. and and the I've really been touched by AIDS, not not personally, but so many friends that died, and I had no idea they were gay, and it wouldn't have mattered. But still, just what they went through. Yeah, there was there you know there was that sense of hopelessness. I I I lived in the middle of the Castro district in the early days. And, you know, in the first three to five years, people would refer to themselves as AIDS victims. And, you know, I firmly believe that anybody that was being referred to as an AIDS victim themselves, it's not a good place to be. 
you know, but we rose up and we found our voice. We created solutions. We cared for each other. I can distinctly remember going to work in the financial district of San Francisco and then coming back at night. And everybody had something else that they would do. They would be caring for a, a next door neighbor. They would be, uh, for, you know, mailing leaflets. They would be marching in the streets. Everybody was involved. In spite of the fact there was such a darkness of death around us, we were so alive because we were fighting for our lives. We were fighting for justice. We were making our voices heard. And I think that that's what we need to continue to do in this country. Also, I just wanted to let you know, quilt panels, we still receive hundreds of quilt panels every year. And so if you know someone that you lost and you would like uh, to create a panel, please reach out to us at aidsmemorial.org. Uh, and you can learn more, and we're happy to help uh, you with your vision. We won't do it for you, but we'll help you to envision what you would want to do, and then that light will be sewn in here. I'll, I'll say one last thing. You know, in the early days of the AIDS crisis, because there was so much stigma and discrimination around it, oftentimes parents would, out of shame or judgment, would say that their son died of cancer. And that was the story that the family had held for generations. But we're finding that oftentimes those parents have now passed on. And so we are receiving panels that are being made by those nephews and nieces that never met that uncle. But they know that that uncle actually passed from AIDS. And in order to honor his life, they are now creating panels and sending them to us. And on the other side of that, there are oftentimes parents that poured their life and their love into the creation of a panel for their loving son, perhaps. And when they finished it, they couldn't part with it. And so what we're finding is, is that family members will go into a closet after the passing of the last, the last uh, parent, and they'll find that panel and they'll send it to us. And it's just, it's just so touching to get that. So we're here to continue this process. There's you know 125,000 names that are memorialized, but well over three quarters of a million Americans have died. So we've got much work to do. That's the work we're doing in the South as well, to make sure that the quilt continues to represent accurately the demographics most people. John, could you speak a bit to the parameters for people who want to create a, a panel? I know that, that for example, Rochelle notes that the dimensions of each of these panels are intentionally the same size as a coffin. What, what, what do you instruct people to do who say we want to, to memorialize uh, someone that we love? Well, we, we don't discriminate on any panel. We, we will not uh, de, you know, decline to receive a panel. Uh, it has every kind of medium, every kind of fabric, every, you know, everything you can imagine, up to and including air conditioner ducts or all kinds of different things. It's a matter of taking a step back and trying to remember that loved one and, and how this panel will speak of their life. And then start to try to map it out. Oftentimes, it's good to get maybe a group of family members or friends to, and talk about it. Perhaps uh, there are still even articles of clothing uh, that you can sew in. And so you just, you know, begin this process. What are the words? Is there letters that you would want sewn in? You know, we have a relationship with the Library of Congress because there's over a quarter million pieces of archival material that came with these panels. So war medals, birth certificates, you know, other mementos, including actual ashes. And the Library of Congress is digitizing them. And they are all, they're the custodian of them. And we will eventually be linking. You can also go online to aidsmemorial.org and click quilt and drop down and it'll say, search the quilt. And this quilt is all high res digitized, stitched together. 
And so as an example, you can type in, you know, Ryan White, and it'll bring up the panels. Ironically, some of you may remember the name Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn died of AIDS. Uh, Roy Cohn was Donald Trump's attorney back in the day. He was also McCarthy's attorney during the McCarthy scare. And there was a panel that was created for Roy that says, bully, coward, victim. Because he himself was gay, but he was probably one of the most venomous, angry people and homophobic as he could be. So we don't discriminate in any way, shape, or form, as long as it represents what the individual panel makers want. Final question for you, John. You've, you've told the stories so powerfully of the effort, but, but about you. In, in coming to this, to this organization, to lead it, to, to carry the, the, the hearts of so many people who are thinking about, about the people they want to memorialize, what is it that for you led you to say, this, this is where I want to devote my, my time and my energy? Well, you know, it, go, it goes to, as I said, the, the mission statement that we modified since I've been here. You know, it's just a travesty to see how corrosive uh, hate and discrimination can be to the fabric of a society. And, you know, unfortunately, we're, 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 you know, sort of experiencing that again today. So for me, it's to connect with young people. We have alternative spring breaks that come. We've got the, the Pedro Zamora Scholarship Program. But it's to, it's to plant the seed of, of hope, of light in those that follow. Uh, because I do, you know, I do believe, just like the, 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 the backpackers adage, you know, leave the, leave the campsite better than you found it. I think that's all of our responsibilities to leave our community, leave our society better than we found it. Because as I say to young people, you know, college, college spring break people that come out here to study social activism, HIV and AIDS, uh, gay liberation, you know, go get a job and make a lot of money. But at the end of the day, it's not the money that's going to make you happy. It's what you've done for the community. Because as I like to say, you know, when I'm struggling in my own life, like we all do, the best way out of that is to reach my hand out and help another. So I think that is what, what the AIDS crisis exemplifies. You know, in the face of that, that awful stigma and discrimination upon a community, they rose up, they found hope, they cared for each other. That's what it's about. That's the lesson. How do we pass those lessons on? I would never equate the AIDS crisis to the Holocaust, but again, it is a societal issue. We know that in many ways, a world community Turned turned its 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 face away from the Holocaust before what before it was too late, and so I think that that's similar here. What are those lessons that we can pass on generation to generation? How can we have the young people come uh, to the Center for Health and Social Justice to learn about what happened, so that as they grow up and continue on in their own journey in life, they can harken back and remember. I learned something as a kid when I was at that center, and I want to stand up for what's right. That is a wonderful finish, John. Thank you again so much for the, the time that you have put in to share your story with us. I hope that this inspires so many who will who will see this recording to, to go and to experience the, the grove and the quilt. And we want to thank you for your time. As, as a last comment, could you let us know how people, just remind us how people can, can learn more, where, where, where to go to learn more? Now you can visit AIDSmemorial.org to learn more about our programs, to, to come to Light in the Grove, which is on November 30th or World AIDS Day, or if you're so interested to support the work we do financially, or just to come and visit either the quilt here or the memorial in San Francisco. So again, it's aidsmemorial.org. Thank you again. Thank you, Rochelle and the team who have helped uh, make this happen. And we look forward to seeing you all next week.
Thank you.